have not come here to mess around. We've come here to record something useful, help brothers out all across the world, and talk about why pastors need rest and why we don't get it enough and just moan together. But I will start off by saying I would have quit a long time ago if it wasn't for you guys. You are my rest. You are my my sabbath <laughs> you are my sunshine my you are, only sunshine you are my you only sun. happy. happy when i am oh hang on that's not a good song <laughs> sam yeah sam wise gamgees that's what we need in the world <laughs> you complete me you really do you yeah. complete me you're my little it's like nick can be my mind and it can be my soul your love is better than the love of a woman. <laughs> yeah, we we've covered that. That's I've been medi- I've been meditating on that. Yeah? <laughs> I remember my answer because <laughs> uh, you know Saul had his two children, Michal, which was David's wife, mm-hmm. and Jonathan, which was Michal's brother. Mm-hmm. Michal sold David out, and Jonathan stood faithful. So, in comparing these two siblings, Jonathan's love was better than his sister's. To David, right? Not a gay thing, you know, because that's yeah. that's obviously the way it's slanted. No, oh, I like that. I haven't thought about that. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I still think everything we said stands, though. You haven't like totally overturned our still <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember sure. what I said. So sure, we we don't have like a solid exegetical point there, anymore. There was there was only the now. Now we just have philosophy. <laughs> we just have like Cicero. That's all we have. You took our one Bible text away. <laughs> thinking, thinking about, um, thinking about, uh, I know people are kind of expecting Republic. I don't know if we mentioned that, but we were going to uh, look at Plato's Republic, which I am keen for. We are. Yeah, some of about. us were well prepared. And yeah. Not. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Some, some were not. <laughs> I, uh, I may not have managed to get through it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is where audiobooks are very important. I check on the audiobook <laughs> and read it along with a PDF, and it's like a three hours listen and stuff. Yeah. Right. Or if well, that norm- fails, then you just I get would do it over the weekend, <laughs> the reading. But we had friends staying with us from London, so I had no time. Oh, okay. No time. Well, anyways, yeah. after that, I figured out our next one. After that, not not to plan ahead too far, and not to be too ambitious, but this one, the Theban plays. Never heard of it. Sure. Sophocles. I mean, really? Sophocles I've heard of, but not the yeah. Stephen Place. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, you will recognize it as soon as you start reading it. It's like a lot of famous stuff in here. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, man, such good talking points. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Can't wait to get into that. But uh, <clears throat> we have to shake it up a little bit. We can't just do like classics every day of the week. We can't just mm-hmm. do classics all the time. We are still a theological podcast and we are still pastors and we do still... Mm-hmm. You know, we still have feelings and we are real. We do need I rest. I got hurt feelings. You know the song? No. Don't I'd to follow you along, but I just have no Rappers have feelings too. <laughs> so, okay. So th- this comes out of, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to let you take the lead on this, Andrew. Okay. Why do we want to talk about this? Yeah. Well, it's a, well b- basically, um, so a couple of, Months ago, I was uh, off for the church Samuel for three months for compassionate leave. And pretty much because I reached the point of, well, actually, how it happened was I sent in a text to my elders basically resigning. 
and I, uh, I just reached a point where I didn't want to go didn't think I could carry on the ministry I wasn't like done with ministry I wasn't thinking never never ever again but I was just thinking Joe I, I just haven't I've got nothing left in the tank I'm benched I'm in a state and uh needed to go flip burgers for a couple of years and then maybe maybe the Lord will bring me back because burger's not going to give you nonsense and burgers like it's not going to say like complain like, yeah no. exactly and no, if it and does complain you don't care because you're just going to eat it anyway yeah. <laughs> and so like the the uh so that happened so i just sent this, this text basically saying you know sorry sorry guys i'm you know it's reached that point i'm i'm done and uh and i sent that text sort of you know in between sort of floods of you know properly kind of like shoulder bobbing you know uh, fits of hysteria with my wife kind of standing there forcing me to kind of say something to the elders about about the way that i was feeling because she basically came in from work and caught me caught me normally i'd managed to kind of hide these outbursts uh, so, now you're talking about talk. crying not like rage right yeah crying yeah okay because the hip fits of hysteria can be interpreted in a certain direction <laughs> all right yeah yeah no no yeah. no it was kind of like a just a, a very very kind of melancholic yeah yeah just go uh, just crying just crying uncontrollably i was emotionally yeah. bankrupt i think so then i um i sent this message and the elders very wisely just kind of replied and said um take a month off don't do anything rash we'll you know and then they came around and and we chatted through over the course of the next next couple of months but every month uh, they were very good i didn't have to ask for any time they just sort of at the end of every month just said take another month take another and then um mike and i were in south africa at the last month of that three month period so um so basically i went sounds like this. very good elders yeah sounds yeah like yeah best. well i've said yeah. to them since i've said to the elders since because i've because after this all came out, my sort of pastor's fraternal in, in our area sort of obviously knew about, about it. And since then, loads of them have been um, coming to me and talking to me about because they feel like they may be heading in the same direction. And yeah. But anyway, we'll talk about all, all that in, in a bit. Um, but I've since discovered that that my elders reacted in a way that most elders just honestly are either just lack the awareness to all the capacity to so some people are operating in very small eldership teams you know we've got like one elder who's in his mid 80s you know and and yeah. just just doesn't have the capacity to take on board right let me plan if find preachers for the next three months kind of thing yeah you know? exactly um but i've got an we're including myself we're an eldership team of six and so yeah. uh and we've got some very you know which is deliberate i deliberately i don't know if it's just me coming from a, a presby background but i always just wanted a big eldership so i and we, and god has provided men who are suitable so um so anyway they they just they, they handled the whole thing perfectly and so i think i've since spoken to them about communicating with other elderships and writing a letter mm -hmm. or offering support if they face the <clears throat> same thing uh, just because I think they actually dealt with it so well, so that is a that is a huge mercy. Okay, we have to because stop I've right known, there. I've we have to right there. To pastors, and we have to raise a glass, Nick, Peppermint team. Yeah, just, to the elders. Uh, to the elders. One of one of them I know will be listening to this at <laughs> some point. So here's to you, Cliff. There you, there go. you go. Thanks, um, Cliff. Stellar job, brother. So the, and I can honestly say I don't I, the the way I was then. I can say I wouldn't be in ministry now had they not responded. The way that they did you know because i've seen subsequently pastors who 
uh, who have spoken about having to arrange their own pre so they reached the point or a similar point to what I reached and then had to arrange their own like preaching rotors and handle mm. responsibilities and whatever while they're in that state mm. which only causes everything to to spiral downwards even faster just yeah just, uh, exactly accelerates the process of burnout I think. yeah so I, I think it's that's... the dark side of ministry yeah yeah. yeah yeah and that and all the feelings that you get during the burnout of like isolation you're on your own nobody you don't have the support of anyone blah blah, blah. Uh, that all becomes you know extrapolated out you know um you know just a huge amount because you it reinforces all those feelings that yeah. nobody is there to swoop in and and look after you when you need it so um yeah, so, so that's the background to this. And since so I did a bit of uh, the the pretty much the first month I was off, I stared into space blankly, kind of dribbled <laughs> a bit into my beard, and yeah. you know, and sort of yeah, tried to. Um, the, the 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 other good thing the elders did was they gave me very strict mandates, and just said I'm I'm not at all to engage with any kind of theology or. Uh, anything so so i was to switch off totally from anything ministry or or theology related it was it will it was my mandate was to watch movies go for walks play play would you be allowed to like read the, the western classics <laughs> anything anything they said that would not that would not um sort of trigger the same sense of of fatigue and stuff but would you be yeah, allowed to best... would you be allowed to like study greek no, no. <laughs> i you see i think i think if i if i were your elder mike right <laughs> and you were and you were approaching me with the text message and the tears and everything and said and i was like right you're gonna take three months off and then you said to me can i still do greek i would say hell no what yeah. That's like yeah, the refreshing, it's like the fountain of life for me. How yeah, you, no, that's what you think. You, that's what you, you think. Take that away. But it's your, your coping mechanism now, but it's not the same as rest. Anyway. I'll, yeah. I'll, and I, I guess need... I guess what you're saying is we need permission to be just a Christian for a while. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people have got to force that because we're so in, in the ministry mode that we do forget to be Christians. Yeah. 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 Totally. That's true. Yeah, and the problem um, is, the problem is no. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I had no idea you were going to tell everything. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's I mean, not everything. like wow. I was just yeah. like wow. We're in deep water right now. You just shared your whole story. That changes my whole marketing campaign for this podcast episode. I'm just gonna. Andre shares his story. Yeah. Andre, you know something along those lines. Andre in the news. You're gonna think of better clickbait than that. <laughs> but, uh, you can tell I've never really really done well with clickbait um but <laughs> what i was gonna say is just like one of the things that i think you know and i was actually talking to my elders about this the other day i will just uh um in a casual conversation it was like the thing that i've had to wrestle with a little bit uh i think this has just been a thing for me from the beginning in that uh, a, th a thing with me from the beginning in that maybe coming from a charismatic model or maybe like a brethrenish sort of like approach where um you know the there's no ways vocational ministry can be justified. You know, everyone's just like, okay, fine. If you want to preach, preach, but you've got to be bivocational and you've got to, you know, so there's no like, you know, here we go. Here's a thing that you, that you can really rely on as a, you know, and, and be remunerated in. Uh, and, and that, that, that is just, you know, for better or for worse, 
been some of the thing that has hung over me. So I've always felt like, you know, going into it, I definitely felt called to preach, but always felt that I get, I gotta, you know, I can't, can't rely on this alone and so forth. But, but, you know, made a radical switch around with that because realized, you know, of course, that's just a train smash at every level that, that, that is a completely, I now stand against that idea, not, not just for my own sake, but it's just a really, really stupid idea on every front. Yes, you can have bivocational people. So fine if you are out there, but, but no, no, there's, there's more to say than that. And uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Um, but the thing that I think now, you know, is something that stays with me a little bit is, is that, you know, everyone has a, has a difficult life, you know, as a pastor, you realize that more than most, I think that it's not, you know, it's not like you're, you're uniquely going through, you know, troubled times or anything. So whether you're a banker or a you know janitor, it doesn't really matter. You, you, you've got these weights on you. You've got these things you have to sort out. You're facing burnout, all of these. So I've, I've been very um, hesitant to, to see myself in any sort of, you know, uh, unique or um, what's the word, uh, kind of entitled position or something like that. But, but it's so, and, and it's sort of the two connect in my mind and that it's, it's equally wrong because I've sort of slowly come to realize that actually the only danger you're ever in in pastoral ministry is when you start doing that. Um, when you start pretending that it's not a very, very hard job because actually it really is. And it's and it, like, we joke about the burger flipping thing, but it's, it's like, it's, you know, there is the reality to the fact that you can switch off that freaking burger grill. You know, you can, you can, whatever you're doing, you can switch it off when you are preparing a sermon, even I realize it's more than just sermon prep, but, but even just in the sermon prep alone, you know, it's, it's like, it's, there, there's an artistic component, which is always volatile anyway. Anyone's doing any any kind of artistic work, it's always like you're putting yourself out there. There's that. There's the the rigorous academic side and the 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 hermeneutics exegesis thing, and, and a high accountability and a real sort of threshold that that is like with the fear of God attached. You know, it's it's yep. it weighs on you. And then there is the reality that the thing comes through your personality. It's like it's like this this thing that's being birthed through your actual, you know person every single week it's really kind of like relentless actually if you think about it um you know and those weeks come so fast and there's so much else going on in life at the same time so it's never just preparing a sermon it's always preparing a sermon in the midst of complete chaos and you know that over and over again i mean you know i yeah i mean i you know you don't want to you don't want to sort of ask for any special sort of uh uh what is the word i'm even looking for any sort of special pleading or anything but but it, it, it's there's just something to that, right? There is something to that that I think if yeah. I had to ever step down from ministry for any reason, I would fight for that pastor I, because you know just if, if if my whole thing has just been to to realize that point and uh, th that would be real, you know, because there there is something about it. Uh, you don't do it for the money. That's the thing. It's not a, it's not a money thing. <laughs> it's not a normal career thing. It's not. It's just out of the categories that we usually use. It's your yeah. it's your lifeblood. Every single week like that and it's it's crazy it's yeah, a special i, I think yeah. that is a sorry yeah i was gonna say it's a special set of burdens that you don't really find anywhere else because you know you have to conduct your family in a way that it is the best family mm. in the church mm. you have to live your life in such a way that everyone can copy everything that you do yes you have to handle the word of god with integrity like you said with the fear of the lord and then you have to herd cats 
you know, you've got this congregation of people. Yeah. Who, a lot of them not members, a lot of them not even yeah, interested, and, you know. They're treating you like they treat their politicians. Yeah. Um, and you constantly have to, it's always gentleness and great patience is your only is your only allowable response. Mm -hmm. uh, you're never allowed to take things personally. You always have to to go further in sacrifice than anyone else. And so it's it's a very unique position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are other ways that we can make mistakes. Um <laughs> comparing ourselves to to other fields of work as well so one one of the, the big mistakes that i made was right from the outset um just kind of kicked against the i'm going to take a day off each week um you know like a wednesday or a friday or a monday which is you know standard pastoral practice you know in addition to a, you know like a saturday where you'll do some time off but also inevitably if we're preaching on the sunday we're going to be doing some sermon prep on the saturday whether mm. it's in the morning or the evening or you, you're going to think about it at some point um but uh but i kicked against taking any other day off because i thought you know what um i got guys in my church who are working monday to friday and they got big responsibilities on the sunday too so and the only day they've got to chill out is a saturday and so i'm gonna i'm not gonna take more time off than them that's one of the that's how i used to think about rest yeah um yeah. and the same way with, with that's within the week but within the day same principle so i'd be thinking well i'm not gonna rest in the afternoon if i've got something heavy on in the evening because some guys will be coming from work straight to that evening thing and will not be getting the rest either but it's yeah. really wrong-headed to think yeah. about it that way and this yeah. is what i've subsequently discovered you know it's totally wrong-headed you know for, for for reasons related to to kind of common sense so uh you know it, it we go from you know uh, it, let's say we do like a nine to five ministry day and then go to a ministry thing in the evening we're doing the same job morning till evening um whereas if someone goes from being an accountant and then goes to their small group it's a significant shift of gear so it's still an output of energy but it's not in it's not the the continual grind um and the slow depletion of energy in the same way that if you're if you're being an accountant from morning until night yeah. you know so it's a, it's a change of energy output so it's it, also, it, it, yeah. it, it is just wrong-headed for that reason but also i think it, it is wrong-headed for the reason of it doesn't really matter what everybody else is doing you have to think about your own energy outputs and capacity and the taxation of what you do um on your own soul you know it, it, it there's a cost and you have to be aware of that cost and i think a lot of pastors are not self-aware enough to know what is depleting them and and what is refilling them mm. and to be sensible about that that they've mm. got more stuff in the schedule that fills them than depletes them yes yeah. yes that's a big point and um i mean also just in terms of the nature of the responsibilities you know if uh if you don't meet all your deadlines you know you're juggling a number of balls you know if you work for mcdonald's you know you couldn't sell as many hamburgers but if you drop the balls in your job you know so and so is backsliding so and so is on the brink of suicide so and so's marriage is at stake so and so's right. child is right. derailing so you know it's or even uh, just even just there's the, much more hanging you know, you, in the balance or your children who are looking at you and your your friends children who are looking at you and uh you know the, the fact that the sermon doesn't come they, they miss a good sermon on sunday you know that's a big thing you know they had to get some half-baked thing from someone else because you flunked out or something i don't know what you they're, they're just every time you step into the pulpit it's like a heaven or hell life and death eternity thing i mean that's a big that's a big deal 
And if it's not a big deal, yeah, and, and I th- that's and a problem. I think, sorry, go. sorry. It should be a big there. deal. No, no, just saying like, you know, it, I know I know there are so many, oh, well, it's not that much of a big deal. Well, yes, it is. And it should be. And that's where I've sort of, I'm sort of preaching to myself now because, you know, you ha- it has to be a big deal. It's right that that's a big deal. And and then, of course, one more thing is that you, I mean, I won't speak for you guys, but but I fail all the time. <laughs> So, you know, now it's not only a big deal, but you're not actually doing it right, you know, and it's like, so you're working through your own justification as a Christian, you know, your ongoing Christian life, uh, you're trying to just deal with the baggage that everyone else is dealing with, and yet, you know, all these other things. So it is, is you know, it's, 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 it's worth. It's a peculiar burden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that one of the kind of mantras that I've sort of started repeating to myself is that. There is no rest without without peace because because part of the problem for me is that i'd get to the end of a friday and i'd still have about 13 things on my to-do list that i never got a chance to do all of them would be important a lot of them would be things that my church would expect of me even though i've prioritized them lower than other things yeah so um so i'm you know i'm getting to the end of a friday with my saturday being my day off and I'm thinking, I know that I've got a, uh, that I've let a lot of people down this week. That there are things that people would have wanted me to do that I haven't done. But I'm at the I'm at Friday night. It's time to take my daughter to gymnastics, and I've got no more time. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the, the that's that's it. But I would not be at peace with that. So that's that's the thing is I go into the Saturday carrying the burden. So for half the Saturday, I'm a write off anyway because I'm still shrugging off all of the weight of my kind of disappointment of the things and also fear disappointment fear of man fear of of what people are going to think of me because i haven't done this or could have done that but that's a big one that kind of yeah all that i'm shrugging off until late in the saturday and then um you know i'm trying to focus on my sampling football something like that but i'm actually just just thinking about the week and then i get to the end of saturday where I'm trying to, I don't know, relax and enjoy dinner with my family and then watch a movie with them or something. But really what I'm thinking about is the next day. So like, I'm, I, it, it, th- that even though I had a day of rest, I didn't rest on the day because I had no peace. You know, mm. I was not, I was not satisfied. I felt guilty. I felt uh, that I've let people down and I'm carrying all that into my day off, which is not actually, there's no rest for me. And it would actually, in some ways, a lot of Saturdays I felt, I, I think I would have been better off if I just stayed at my desk you know right. this saturday right and right. and then and so you start to do that you start yeah. to do that because actually like you do the the mandatory family stuff so that your family doesn't get hacked off with you because again you're trying to be a, a, a paragon in in every area of your life you're trying to be exemplary you're trying to say follow me as i follow christ and say at home i'm trying to do that um but at the same time internally i'm just i'm just not engaging with with life outside of the church wow. so i think that 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 idea of actually finding not just not just having a day off but to actually have peace with your day mm. off yeah is is very very important so, so what when i'm, you, when I mean, I'm just, stopping i'm stopping i mean you've you've just had this recent experience of having to sort of re-rig the whole process so what would you say are your what do you say are the things where you're able to escape into or the, the way that you're able to find peace or what are the things that you've changed or what are the things that you are amping up that you've enjoyed that that get you there yeah i it's a 
It's a very good question because I think I think the first thing is actually to say that because escapism gets a lot of a, a bad rap. Like I've I've heard um, like John Piper and others talking about how Christians shouldn't be engaged in escapism and that kind of thing. You know, I I him, actually him and Richard Baxter in the Reform Pastor. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> and it's just one of the most devastatingly bad ways of thinking about it. I think. I think a much healthier point of view is the Tolkien point of view, which is that escapism is essential for not just a happy life, but a, a deep and meaningful life. Like you, you must escape. Love you that must point. take a yeah. break from reality yeah. and engage your imagination in order to make sense of reality. That's exactly so, why I study Greek. That's why I listen to audiobooks. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we do these things. Yeah. And so, and so I think one, a very, very helpful book that I read was by a guy named David Murray um oh yeah reset reset yeah. yeah totally and you know he he advocates this so he's saying that you, you gotta you gotta escape and so he's like you gotta netflix you go to playstation you read a book you go for a walk whatever whatever your version of escapism is obviously there are healthier forms of escapism than others but as long as it's healthy as long as it's godly you know go for it so um so i think that's the first point to say i i, I mean there are lots of things uh, that I found that I just don't. And again, like it's all things that are occurring to me about self-knowledge, just uh, knowledge of myself. So so the the idea of just sitting around the fire and caring with people, you know, just chilling out and, and sitting around the fire and, and listening to music and talking on and off and, and uh, you know, having a drink and, and stuff like that. That's, that's deeply embedded into my psyche as a, what is caring as a South mean, African. Uh, Andre? What does caring mean? <laughs> Yeah, there is no translation that does it justice. <laughs> it's untranslatable. <laughs> you just have to, to go to South Africa. And try it. <laughs> it indicates it indicates the object of the sentence. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, to have it to have a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is just uh, so things like that that I've just not been doing. You know, it's uh, like in the UK, the culture around fires is very different. So, yeah, when you when you have a barbecue, Guess what? one person stands out by the fire, everybody else is inside, you know, and it's just a very different thing. So I've kind of given up on it as a, as a practice, but but it's made it's made me realize that things like that are essential for my like just yeah. just my basic psychological well-being. And so it is just like getting to know myself in that way. Um, reading. So I, I think. I think I, I default to watching TV when I'm so tired because most of the time I read all day and then like I'll, I'll want to read, you know, there's lots of books that I'd like to read, fictional books, I mean, but I just don't like by the end of the day, I'm just too tired to keep my eyes focused on a page. So I'll just default to TV. And sometimes that's absolutely fine and, and right. But what I found is that actually reading a good book is far, far more relaxing than watching some rubbish on on Netflix, like so. Obviously, if you're watching something brilliant, mm. like the new Rings of Power series on Amazon Prime, which is, in my opinion, absolutely <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> no like, comment. Heaven, and the writing is beautiful. And that I can watch. That is truly relaxing. But the, um, yeah. So little things like that about uh, about knowing myself, but also um, like I just need to to get out in the world and do some exercise. So uh, I, you know, like something like judo, something like tetragby, something like, um, you know, hiking or, or whatever, just whatever you need to do, just getting out there. That, that is age old practice. That That's good. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, find, mm. find escapism is I think the, the whatever works. For there's you. one of my escapes right there. 
<clears throat> guitar. Yeah, one song. Oh. Yeah. What's in the guitar case, I say? <laughs> my guitar. It's my yeah. guitar. <laughs> but awesome. um, yeah, so I think I think it is just finding finding something, uh, some escapism, and then and yeah. then going for that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with all of that, and, and you do need to know yourself. I mean, I've I'm uh, I'm probably more of a new YouTube than a Netflix guy, so I've deliberately gone and subscribed to. <clears throat> history channels, you know, just all sorts of stuff. So I'll watch some memes, I'll watch some history, mm. I'll watch some movie reviews, I'll check out 60 Minutes and, you know, I can I can look at It sort of reminds me of, because I've seen Nick's, I've seen him on the dark side as well. It's not pretty. So I understand why, <laughs> I understand why he needs to do stuff like that. I was, I remember being on a plane ride to him and he's just like picking out on stuff I didn't even want to talk about, right? But, but. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> The we don't want to go there. Hey, don't knock <laughs> it until you try it. But, but, um, it sort of reminds me of like, hey, you know, you're on this diet, right? And you know, you're gonna just have to pig out eventually and break, and and so you want to just fill your fr- your fridge with free food. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that when you pig out, you got sick, you got like nice stuff like History Channel and you know celery and that sort of. <laughs> like, yeah. You can just go for it, and you'll be okay. It's just the problem is when you just um, are not prepared for that, yeah. and uh, you end up like like Nick that day with donuts, <laughs> donuts, <laughs> dunked, dunked in caramel, sprinkled with with more donuts. It's, yeah. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, free, yeah. yeah, free movies on the airplane. Get them all in. <laughs> but um, I mean, and and I guess the other thing that really helps, and I don't know what your guys' devotional practices are, but I've been. From my earliest days as a Christian, I've always kept a journal. So I've got over 80 journals that I've kept over yeah. 20 years. And um, so just, you know, for me, you know, reading through the Bible in the year does not work. No. Reading, reading D.A. Carson, you know, daily devotionals through the year doesn't work. No. But, you know, no. Robin Murray McShane doesn't work. Mm. And so what I have to do is I have to grab, I have to just read, you know, I read, I read, the puritans thomas brooks i read systematic theology i'm reading the scriptures until something grabs me and then i just start journaling so my last journal Mm -hmm. entry was the merriest the here's from thomas brooks the meritorious cause uh, of all the sin is the meritorious cause of all sorrow and suffering Mm. and so just take that as a statement Mm. and dissect it i'm glad you said that yeah because it's helpful for people to even hear that oh okay well so Mm -hmm. that that that's okay that that doesn't work you know yes it is okay and find something else the problem is when you don't find something else you know and and when you just go oh geez okay what's the point of anything no it's just you've got like i always think of c.s lewis and he's like well if you're reading those fluffy devotionals and you're you're finding nothing's happening there get a good big book of theology a pipe between your teeth and a pencil in your hand and soon your soul is going to be soaring in ways you don't even understand and um that's definitely been my experience now it is also true that you can get derailed and nothing devotional can happen but but you know you can be selective and careful and and really help yourself out um i I, I like what tim keller said you know i've applied it you know you got to preach until the heart moves and Mm. apply that to anything pray until the heart moves read until Mm. the heart moves yes you know, it's 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 not about you know I I I'm in the sacred book, therefore it's the right thing. Mm. It's is your heart and mind drilling into the reality that is God and everything that pertains to God, mm. so that your yeah. heart is is drawn out after it. That's you it. Uh, 
Lectio Divina, sacred reading. I mean, that that, that is a yeah. well-worn path and it really has worked for me. And that I just love the way that, you know, you got a bookmark, it's in your Bible. You, you know, yeah. it's like, you don't have to over plan the whole thing. You just pick it up. Psalms usually, um, yeah. especially if, you, you know, like for my particular little thing, I love the whole, you know, you've got, the more languages you can squeeze in there, it just gets you reflective. And and then you just, you know, I, I think of the, the process, you just basically read it, paraphrase it, you can journal it, you can, exactly. you can, yeah. you can pray it over and then you just go to the next one, you know, and you just yeah. keep going. And it's like, and it just fills you up. Uh, for me, it just fills me up. There's no structure involved. I don't have to worry about where the beginning is, where the end is. Yeah. It's like the rest of my life always has to worry about stuff like that. But yeah, just mm. me, the Bible and God and pray. And I know I'm, I know I'm basically on the right track if I just yeah. stick to that stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. huge, you know. Yeah, because yeah. if that's not happening, I mean, if I'm not if I'm not having those moments of reality, if I'm not having those moments of my own soul is getting fed through my own engagement with God, and yeah. I'm just having to go through the routines of pumping out sermons, pumping out Bible studies, oh. pumping out devotionals. The days are numbered. Exactly, and and yeah. your own heart is not enthused by by by, by the truth that you're engaging with. Yeah, because yeah, you can't. That's, that's when the burnout happens for me. Yeah, because you start treating it like a job, and you can't do that. Because as soon as yeah. you do that, you're like, no yeah. sane person in the world would do that job for a job, you know. So because brothers, we are not professionals. <laughs> that's true. And brothers don't let yeah. other brothers plant churches. <laughs> <laughs> Some brothers won't listen to their brothers. Though. <laughs> They'll plant churches yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Friends don't let friends plant churches. That's mm. a famous mantra. <laughs> I, I do think though that in in this, um, so this wasn't my experience personally, but uh, having spoken to because because obviously one of the things that happens when you when you have this is people people start opening up about their experiences and you you don't realize how many people have been through this and and it's not always people in ministry, though I think there is a striking statistical imbalance for people in ministry. You know, like I think I think what. I think that in and of itself is just I even if you don't really understand why people in ministry burn out faster than other professions. It's it's yeah. it's it's um and so I you know I think that's just worth being aware of. So you don't mm. have to understand so, it. So what are the what are the signs of burnout, Andre? What are the signs of burnout? Well, so just before we get there, one one of the things I was gonna say was that it, it wasn't my experience personally, but a lot of the people I speak to talk about being absolutely spiritually like like not able to engage they cannot pick up their bible they cannot pray they cannot uh, engage with anything like that dead that towards, wasn't my dead towards was spiritual things yeah just de just dead but not even dead like almost resistant like mm. like like there was something deep within them was was pushing it all away like almost yeah. out of a need to survive you know yeah and and i do think that it's it, it that one of the things that pastors in those positions need to realize is that obviously it's not okay because it means that you're in a very, very yeah. burnt out state. Um, but it is okay because it's okay to, to recognize that, to lay that with the Lord and then rest and then just, pr and, and call upon other people to carry you in your weakness, you know? So, so, so some pastors are in that position. will be looking, listening to this and all of our talk about getting, with God, with the Bible and that, and they'd be thinking that is the last thing in the mm, world mm, that yeah. I want to do. And uh, what I, and I think people in those positions need to know it's, it, they are already past the point of burnout. They are like, they are, they are burnt out, but they are still in, they've kept somehow kept their emotional stability, <clears throat> but they need rest. Although they, they need, should also know that I, I was about 
about seven years in that state and i came through <laughs> so it can be done it can be done it can, it can i don't be know done. i think yeah. there's some permanent scarring in there michael <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably true yeah 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 signs signs of burnout what would you reckon okay so the first sign of burnout i think is best summed up uh by uh by tolkien you know, in that conversation between Bilbo and Gandalf, where he says, I feel thin, Gandalf sort of stretched, like butter, butter scraped over, over yeah. too much bread. Yeah. Um, when you start to have that feeling, that's not quite burnout. You go through that from time to time. But I think I think that feeling best summed up my emotional state for the better part of about yeah. four years. Um since you know uh, it, it's been on and off pretty much my whole ministry but solid steady state increasingly desperate feeling of thinness of being stretched too far of just you feel like there's nothing left to you um and that feeling i think is that the tank is empty the light is on yeah and the car is starting to splatter you know, there's a strange you, you paradox to... there, isn't there? Because who is sufficient for these things? There is a sense of inadequacy. There is a, a sense mm. of we don't have enough to give to everyone else that, that we know they need. And there's a constant sense of falling short of being able to provide what only the Lord can provide. And there's that, that desperation in that, mm. that thinness. But it's, mm. it's that thinness where there's, it's just, there's no color in it. And there's just, mm. a, there's, just a, there's not even an emotional concern about that thinness. It's just, and you, you're uh, not even able to go to the Lord with that. Yeah. and say I can't well do it, I, I think that's true but i think i think for me I, it was always a something that i recognized and was able to go to the lord for but like it just a... became increasingly desperate so I, mm. so a, another book I, I think i'd recommend is this one still without burnout by christopher ash um and he's oh, well yeah. known here in the uk he's a very very uh, a good guy and he he talks about the difference between sacrificial living and you know dependence on the Lord's strength and and burnout and and, and it's very very helpful and he's basically okay. saying that part of our sacrificial living is is a, about maintaining a sustained a sustained sacrifice so you do have to be aware of you know sacri sacrificial living isn't just you decimating yourself you know yeah. it, it is about you giving yourself because there is a giving that gives anyway. back and there is a giving yeah. that just depletes you yeah 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 so here's here's two signs of burnout that i've i mean i've been i'm in a conversation with several pastors <clears throat> and here are two two signs of burnout when you begin ooh, ooh, to resent before you do that something yeah. i just wanted to put in there quickly it was yeah. that one of the reasons we're having this conversation is because i never mentioned that you know, he was talking to his pastor buddies and getting this repeated sort of theme. And then I was talking to you and, and it was probably what we need to talk about at some point as well as just sabbaticals and how they fit into all of this, but how you were, you know, having these conversations as well. So that yeah. we need to talk about this at some level. So anyways, proceed. Yeah. So the signs of burnout, one is when you begin to resent the people in your church. You think of Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You know, you've got this, you've got this high perspective where you're constantly filtering everything through the lens of the gospel and you're able to, to look at people in their need for God and, and, and you, you, you are compassionate towards them in their need and you're, you're extending to them mercy, not justice. Mm. But then what happens is when, you, when your emotions begin to deplete and you're now exhausted and you're unable to, to 
default to the gospel way of looking at people and treating with them all the time mm-hmm. the resentment the unforgiveness the criticism and the self-pity and all the things that add add on the back yeah. of that begins to yeah. pile up yeah yeah and that's yeah, that's and, a and sign that 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 you need to just take take a step back either just a holiday or even even just digging deeper in your prayer life it depends yeah. on where you're at uh, I'd add to that that it is things to, uh, related things to watch out for, and you touched on a few of them. Where things like when you know, I, I think I've always liked, at least liked to think of myself as someone who's been able to absorb a fair amount of criticism, you know, and your people uh, with people who are sort of acting sort of irrationally around you uh, and sort of blasting you and you just kind of calmly, like you said, we've always got to be calm. We absorb it. We give measured responses, that kind of thing. Um, but what I began to notice is that, is that the more tired I got, the more, uh, the more sensitive I became to criticism. So somebody would just not even criticize me. Like it would just be something that somebody said about the church and I would be raging over it internally for weeks you know like even if it wasn't directly pointed at me and if something was directly pointed at me it would become harder and harder and harder and that's it's both a symptom and a cause so i think that that does weigh you down over time so i think a lot of what i went through was just simply the accumulation of those sorts of experiences over 20 years without adequately resting from them but uh the other thing that it, it is is it's um um, is, is it's a, a symptom because like you say you've got you've got no emotional reserves and so your body your mind your attitude goes into defense mode and criticism simply will not stand so you know yeah. instead of going away and measuring and thinking oh maybe they had a bit of a point there but no nah, that's not right and so i can just dismiss that and and you might be able to do that in another time but mm. now you can't this person yeah. becomes the end and it's probably personal you know depending on your individual character personality mm. and experience when you get tired and you default to your sins, what are your sins that you default to? Mm. For some, it could be sensitivity. For some, it could be anger. For some, it mm. could be, I'll oh, stuff it. Yeah, just disengaging. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I think the other symptom and probably one that I would be prone to if, if I were to look at my tiredness is, is insensitivity. You know, you look at, mm. at Paul in Galatians 4 verse 19 that he's laboring in birth for the Galatian church because of his deep concern and his care and he's pouring out this prayer and laboring. And then, you know, burnout would be not laboring. Burnout would be insensitivity. Burnout mm. would be something's gone bad in someone's life and there's a flatline response mm. and not a sympathetic response. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and it is worth just being aware that, you know, like if you go through some of the Psalms, you know, Psalm 42, for example, you know, as the deer, um, the, you know, you go through there and there are some telltale symptoms of classic depression. Any psychologist reading Psalm 42 will describe, you know, he's talking about not sleeping. He's talking about not eating. He's talking about, um, you know, crying all the time. You know, these are, you know, when you're, when you're post-workout weep, is happening more frequently <laughs> and not always post a workout. You know, when your shower sob isn't just in the shower anymore, you know, like that's like it's stuff, stuff like that, 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 you know, you just have to be aware of We're just humans and human beings. There are telltale signs of depression. So like one of the things I've always been an expert sleeper, it's always been something of my spiritual gifting, you know, <laughs> I can just sleep anywhere. but I can sleep. I could not sleep. 
You know, Amazing. I've heard other people talk about not sleeping. I've always felt sorry for them. It's a bit like yeah. toothache. I don't like to hear about it, but I've never, <laughs> never had known toothache, that. So, yeah. You know, so like I just, um, I, I, I could not, I could not sleep at all. I was getting uh, maybe a couple of hours at best each, each, each night, and it was broken, interrupted sleep. You know, so that is not good. You know, especially if that is not the norm, if that's not something that you are are accustomed to, then that is a sign that deep down something is not right. If you're crying all the time, or like you say, becoming numb or outbursts of anger all the time, or all of the above, these things are not good. Um, they they yeah. show that there is something stirring beneath the water, and um, you know, and not eating or eating far far too much, which would Comf be my comfort case. eating. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't starve myself. I'm not a martyr. I, I will stuff my face full of, <laughs> you know, yeah. even if I don't want any more spaghetti, I'll just put it in there. So, <laughs> um, they, yeah. like so so those sorts of things are, are worth looking after. But but yes. Uh, but in addition to that, there are some things that I think pastors particularly, so the resentment thing, I think is a big one. It's a mm. huge one. But the other thing, and I don't know if you've picked this up, Nick, um, is that often again, and it's a, it's also connected with depression, anxiety, is feelings of isolation. So, you know, I just began to feel honestly, like there was not another person in the world who understood, you know, yeah. like, and it's so cliche. And I, I, I used to hear about this kind of thing and just sort of think, oh, you know, what sort of wishy-washy nonsense is this, you know? But honestly, it's how I felt. Like, I'm, in the back of my mind, I knew it probably wasn't true, but it was just my feeling. I felt totally isolated from my church. I felt <clears> isolated <throat> from my eldership. I felt isolated from my friends. I felt isolated from my family. I felt isolated from my my church network, you know, the FIC. I felt yeah. isolated from my tradition. I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't, you know, didn't belong anywhere or mm. in anything. There's a song for that. There's a song for that. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Take it off the one. Nobody yeah, the knows but Jesus. Yeah, or the, <laughs> even the poor wayfaring stranger, you know, walking yeah. through this world alone. Like you just start exactly. to feel like, yes, I am truly alone. And it's a scary yeah, that, feeling. That is a sign of depression, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and, yeah. And, and, and depression can be circumstantial in the sense that, you know, there's your... There's a, a pileup of of uh, situations that bring about these these results. Mm. Mm. Pastors can get depressed too. Yeah, for sure. What one of the the best ways I've heard um, burnout described is by Christopher Ash in his book, and he says this: there are mountains, sheer cliffs in the human mind. I remember as I crashed into breakdown, the terrifying feeling that my mind was becoming unhinged. That I was balanced precariously over a precipice and that beneath me uh, were dungeons of despair and sloughs of despond from which I might never escape. That is a frightening thing. You know, and I think that is it. You just, you just literally get to the point where you think, I don't see any way out of this. This is, this is me. And so like, you know, you, 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 you're going to bed and you're thinking, um, Lord, take me. You know, I can't face another, uh, I don't want to live. I've, I've got no desire to stay in this world anymore. I kind of feel like I have to because my wife, my children, my church, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stay. I want to go. And and so I think when you get to that point, like, yes, you, you just, well, you just don't want to get to that point. So you want to be wise before then. And I think that's probably where we need to go from, uh, because the reality is, and again, Chris Ashwell in his book, he's, he's got terrifying statistics. 
Uh, in fact, I'll try and quickly dig them up. I think it's something like 1,500 pastors uh, burn out from ministry every month mm. in the United States. Wow. 1,500 pastors burn out from ministry every month. What? That's crazy. I, I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. Um, and there are all there are all sorts of statistics like that uh, that that he mentions that I think is just it just we do have to realize that while we don't want to diminish the hardships of others or say that you mm. know or develop this kind of woe is me culture because mm. pastoral ministry although it is very hard is a very it's a very privileged job and we've mm. we've you know should feel very thankful to god that we've been called into this work mm. and it is a great work and there are no other works in the world where you can give this amount of time to prayer and to bible study and mm. to study of mm. theology and to teaching Amen. and like it is it is something we should be truly grateful for and rejoice mm. in and be thankful for you know with fear with reverence with the the full weight of the responsibility that we have but but without diminishing that it is very very hard it's a lovely mm. it's a beautiful thing a good thing a joyous thing but it's a hard thing and you and those things are true at the same time yeah and so i think it's worth thinking a little bit about because in hindsight i realized that part of it was just exhaustion part of it is just not adequately resting doing ministry for 20 years in various capacities without adequately resting eventually it's going to get you and that's what that's what happened to me but I also learned that there were some things that I wasn't being very wise about that were accelerating that that decline. Um, mm. Yeah. So it is worth just just pointing that out, but then also start to think about, well, what can we do to preserve ourselves? Quiet times, or uh, not quiet times, but but times with the Lord, essential. Yeah. Re real times. times. Yeah. Mm. Uh, real time. Yeah. And then the other thing I think you could probably comment on now in a way that not, well, I don't think Nick and I could at this point would be just, you know, you've just come out of an extended break, you know, like, as you say, just <laughs> what is that like? I've never well, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean like, okay, obviously, you know, uh, you know, obviously it'd be nice to have a holiday and stuff, but you've had something there that's, you know, as you were saying before, like, you know, no theology and geez, I couldn't even imagine that, you know, this is like, it's like a completely different section mm. of your life there that you yourself, I know hadn't experienced anything like that before. So, I mean, is that a solution? Well, it was, it was really hard because I really wanted to like, I, like everything in my mind. Cause you know, I guess, uh, I guess, um, and I'm sure you guys will relate to this, but, but what I do and I remember Mike used to say this about me, like <laughs> when I, when I was, when I faced conflict, I became very analytical. So I guess it's a lot of the ways that, that, or, or when there was like tension at home or something, I would just analyze the daylights out of it because my, my way of resolving inner turmoil is to think it through, like mm. to, and to analyze it and to, to assess it and to carve out the way forward by solving the problem intellectually in my mind so this is how you achieve emotional stability is through mental stability and that's what i used to think anyway and and and, and you do that by solving the problem and so um very very but what happened was tonic. when the problem becomes unsolvable mainly because the problem isn't anything to do with intellect it's to do with fatigue um Mm. then then that becomes a, a part of the problem that mm. process mm. of trying to think things through 
you can't fix it that way. So then it becomes like when you're trying to stop thinking about something and you can't stop thinking about it, when you keep replaying things in your mind, it actually adds to you being worn down. And so the idea of that was for me to stop thinking, uh, it's a, to reset my whole mind, to force my mind away from the issue because I was becoming obsessive wow. over, over it, uh, over, you know, my perspective on on what was wrong with the world and my life and everything mm. and so um and so the, the the whole idea was to to literally because it was a mental health problem i was mm. i was i could not stop myself from obsessing over the various issues related to what i was going through and so i had to force the time away so it was good it was it was necessary and even if i really wanted to and even if ordinarily i find reading theology relaxing and engaging with theology it's it's a it's a it's a kind of healthy escapism for me um but but it had become a part of the problem so i had to i had to sort of fast from that and so yes i i think that was i i mean i'd like to say i i think it sounds melodramatic but i'd like to say it was life-saving life-changing because it was had i not had that rest when i had it i, I certainly would not be in ministry i'm certain of that 100 percent certain of it um but i also think that I, I i may not um i may not have been evangelical you know mm-hmm. uh, or churched or or you know and depending on my mood a lot of the time like i was saying to to mike earlier i wasn't so much suicidal as i just lost the will to live but everybody has their moments weakness where you think you know, where you do give mm-hmm. in to those kind of cowardly impulses to say, I just want to, I just want to end it now. Um, and so there were those moments, you know, and I think that in that sense, getting that time is, is life-saving. Mm. And I've got, I've got Ang- Anglican friends who embedded into their system because they've been dealing with this for so, so many drawbacks to being part of an old institution. But one of the benefits is they've learned from lessons along the way. Right. So because they've had to deal with this for so long, it is embedded into the system that you have to take a certain number of retreats every year. And that mm. every seven years, you're up for a sabbatical and you can take it and must take it and should take it. And then you're encouraged to take it. And all mm. these sorts of things are there in place. There are support networks in place for clergy who are going through these kinds of things. But when you're part of free churches, and independent churches and Baptist and Baptist churches and Baptist, <laughs> and Baptist church plants. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest, like like Baptist, you know, as a tradition, I've got no love for it. You know, yeah. like I just yeah. don't. I I think we've made some very stupid decisions along the way, <laughs> right. and, and in lots of ways, we're the worst of all the traditions. Well, you the know, Baptist Union, funny enough, which I count as liberal, is very well yeah. organized. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, 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 but I, I do think it is that. So, so in my, in my context, so the only, the only history really that our church draws on is the history that the people in the church can remember, right? Uh, and the only tradition our church draws on is the tradition that is important to the church that presently is alive. Yeah. So we have no deep memory of, yeah. of things that have uh, have gone wrong in that sense. And and so I think. Uh, I, I do think I want to go on a bit of a crusade uh, across evangelicalism, saying that we need to 
This has been a practice for I don't know how many thousand years, taking yeah. sabbaticals, taking study breaks. We should we should not we should recover this in the Baptist. So here's Union. here's here's what the Baptist Union does. I think they force a three month sabbatical. So for one month, you have to spend time with your family. Mm -hmm. For one month, you need to study, and for one month, you need to go away and be with God. I really like that. I yeah, think that's and, very good. So you have to, yeah. and you have to, you have to keep a journal, or you have to give an account to your elders on these three fronts that you've mm. done these things. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. That seems to. Yeah, I so feel like ticks, that would that creates a, a sense of, of rest. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. But I also think, with the caveat, that if you need to take three months to just do nothing at all, that is okay as well. So I think yeah, again, the last thing granted. you want, the last thing you want with a sabbatical is pressure. Yeah. Yeah. This you would know, be so the, some this people would, this go, would be the, this would be the built-in regular one. That's not attending to an emergency. This would just be the. Yes. Right. Right. But right, often. Right. Yes. And, and, and I agree. And, and I think that if I were in a steady state of mind, I would, I would opt for study, you know, mm. in my <laughs> sabbatical because I would mm. want to do that. Mm. And there are amazing facilities here in the UK that you can take advantage of to help pastors study in their sabbaticals so you can go stay with one of the universities and things like that but um but i, I just want to say that that part of the problem is that uh, a sabbatical yes it's part it's partly there to keep you rested but i think if we had to introduce the system now uh, for most pastors it won't be a way of keeping on top of things it will be like a a, a survival thing so oh. I, I i you know in my in my little area here in rural part of england there are five pastors that i know of in the last couple of years who have burnt out you know and that's among a, a group of what like 12 or something so it's not it's not a it's not yeah. a it's a huge statistic and i and covid i don't understand why and how fully but COVID has accelerated this. It's been nuts since then. So there's been See, problems. sabbatical for me is an eschatological hope. It's in the next life. It's not this life. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. literal <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> Sabbath. Yeah. No, you're confusing the Sabbath with the sabbatical. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the ministry in New Zealand for 12 years and have not had a sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, but part of the problem is, and if you, you know, and I'm not. I not, remember being tied when you arrived in New Zealand. <laughs> and then i made you more time <laughs> i was already in need of a sabbatical when you got here oh my goodness yeah. but that but that's you see that's the thing because as i began to think about this i began to think of how many times i actually felt i remember when i was still in london um so this is and still studying at oak hill so this i mean this was you know maybe eight years into into ministry um i, I remember feeling a bit like this like i did like i did then not quite as severe, you know, mm. but I remember having real moments of, of yeah. thinking like, sheesh, I've, I've got nothing. It's yeah. quite scary. I remember yeah. actually talking to you, Mike, at that point, and that must have been pre-2014. That was like somewhere like 2000, mm. 2012, somewhere around there. I remember talking to you, and at that point, you were also saying, yes, I've been through that a few times already. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you know, and this is, you see, I think this is exactly the, is that I just began to think of this as normal and just kept plodding. Mm. But you can only plod for so long. Exactly. COVID, I mean, you, you mentioned COVID earlier, and Mike and I, I think, have been in the same situation here. His is self-afflicted. 
but uh because he did a phd gotta <laughs> <laughs> use your uh, covered well yeah but uh we didn't have our december holidays you know you you didn't right. get to go you didn't i didn't have my december holidays the, the government decided that they were going to do something around the traffic light system and i couldn't go away because i had to be around to help my church negotiate that because you know i was the one who was doing all the main thinking about how we're going to meet each change because the government's chopping and changing all the time yeah some churches like didn't bother suing the government so you know yeah i suppose yeah. we had a little it bit was a bit self-inflicted yeah. <laughs> if we get to bring up self-inflicted you know, yeah but know. but uh <laughs> yeah, taking on a massive legal battle may not have necessarily been the best way to do it. <laughs> i told you we we're appealing that but anyway that's oh another, no another <laughs> oh boy Look, um, john MacArthur won on an appeal that's all i can say <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> oh, but, uh, no but but honestly the the kind of tough talk that a lot of us do because we feel that we have to so i've i've become very very sensitive to this that every time i ask someone how are they their response is so busy at the moment now they might my, not my, be my response might... is coping and sober <laughs> my response is but um but that is part of the problem it's embedded into our culture that, that you have to be busy if you're not busy you're a waste of space you know, it would be really refreshing if people started to reply by saying, I think I'm appropriate. I have an appropriate work-life balance at the moment, you know, <laughs> uh, work-rest balance. Like imagine somebody saying that, saying, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I think I'm, you know, I'm not too busy. I'm actually resting quite a lot at the moment, you know, like nobody ever says that, but it would be really good if people did start to say that. And if it were true. So the other thing is that people talk about is, is the kind of like, and I used to do this, so I'm sensitive to this because I used to do it. I'd hear about people burning burning out, and I, I would almost be very resentful to them because I'd be like, well, you know, stuff you. Yeah, Some like of you us are just plodding out. through this nonsense. Exactly. You yeah. know, you talking about this. I, you know, and, I, and I know, guys, you've had like like a year, like, a, like we're given off, you know, by year from from churches and from, you know, it's not uncommon at all. Six months would be a standard time to recover from 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 burnout you know like you know six months to a year and i'd be like do you know when i i would be like a totally new man after that and and the reality the the honest answer is that after three months um i didn't feel and it wasn't three months of total rest i did i did do some preaching in that three months but but um but the reality is that i still don't feel totally recovered you know so the reality is i think i'm I'm back up to operational again, but I still a feel the scars yeah. from what I <laughs> from what I went through, but also b still feel like sheesh, I'm ready for my next holiday, mm. and so that is just worth bearing in mind that three months doesn't sort it out. Three months might just help you to survive and keep you going, but it's not a it's not a it's not going to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and maybe. You know, I'll throw in. I, I don't know that this is ideal, but it probably is worth saying for for um, you know, from the perspective of of someone who like I feel like they're you know just you know as much as you'd want to sort of put this into practice, it's just the reality. of It reminds me of starting a business. You know, like I remember seeing people start restaurants and everything, and like you know, you just you just got to get through. And church planning is like that because otherwise the thing's going to fold, and so you have to just do it. And so there is just a little bit of that that helps you, I think. But um, it might it might be worth saying that you know I, I think that personality types, like you mentioned earlier, Andre, that 
you know, the more aware of yourself you can be, the better in, in, in some ways and that you know what. And I found that thankfully, mercifully, I mean, I've done nothing right at all. But the one thing I feel like I have to sort of had a handle on that is save my bacon, uh, you know, and we'll see if it has ultimately saved my bacon because <laughs> we still got some walk to go before, you know, I finish strong. But uh, assuming things go well, uh, you know, it's this idea of, the, the, this thing is just like it completely depletes my energy you know I, i'm just very aware that that is so then i ask myself the question is that something that i that i have to do and you mentioned you know you might let people down by not doing it and then so thankfully you know i have i have like dealt with that you know so i've, I've been aware of things that completely drain me and i've sort of been willing to to say no to those things no matter how you know not pleasing that is to either you know someone in your congregation or whatever it is and i would really encourage people that perhaps if they're not in the situation where they can just kind of you know go to the elders right now and say you know guys i really i just you know i'm I need a break, you know, most elders, I think would respond to that in some way. Um, An intervention. <laughs> yeah. You might, you might not have elders though, you know, and you might, you might literally be in that scenario. Um, the, that's the, I'd say the next best option in that you just got to be willing to kind of deal with that fear of man thing and just go, okay, just be happy to let a whole lot of people down, but just try and figure out what the main things are and try and, you know, try and cash in on those energy boosting things and yeah. you know limit the energy depleting things even if it's not ideal at that point um because it does help you it's not ideal again it's not i, I wouldn't say this is a replacement for anything andrea said but you know just just aware that some people are in that break glass for emergency scenario um but but yeah i mean we all have to be self-aware enough to know that you know at some point if we don't deal with this we're going to be a, a reproach to the cause of christ rather than uh, uh you know someone that that actually serves the cause and uh so i think i think this actually all jokes aside is a is a very very serious matter and 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 you know hopefully it, it finds whoever's listening to this you know and and helps helps them along in in some way shape or form so we're we're thankful we're thankful that you're still with us man um yeah yeah well i i am thankful too i am thankful too but yeah, yeah, and 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 friendships and having uh, you know having friendships and and that kind of thing is key to it. Uh, you know, definitely. There's so much. There's so much more we could talk about. But there is, uh, I do there is, and it probably is worth you know fleshing this out every every once in a while. Just coming back to the subject and just chipping some more, uh, you know, just saying some more stuff and throwing some more in the pot there because I think I think sometimes it for me anyway, it's just sometimes really helpful to hear you know you might not even know them but you kind of trust them and we get often we get emails like this where hey we're you know, kind of experienced this uh this alignment to you and we kind of appreciate you guys even though we've never met and and it, I, we know what you mean you know that that that's what it's you know, there, there is a sense in which we can just kind of get on like that um and it's helpful just to hear some some guys talk about it and and then go okay well oh wow i never would have thought that, that would even be okay to think about and okay well that's you know so so hopefully this um just like the rest of our our recordings hope, hopefully it just kind of helps in that direction just provides a little bit of a <laughs> we get you know. we were the we were your oasis and your sabbath rest in this week yeah well in in that is true well you guys <laughs> i told you i started off by saying you you are my sabbath rest you know i mean it, all seriousness man hanging out with you guys is huge it's like a big well let's put it this way it's a big energy booster for me yeah yes and so it cash in on the, the energy as, as long as there's no editing in the end that's, that's true 
when Nick says stupid stuff all over the time, I just going to spend hours and then all my energy goes, you know, no, I'm joking. I, I only ever edit myself. <laughs> yeah. I only have myself to blame. I'm omniquotable. In a, in a shock in all sense, yeah. <laughs> this morbid, morbid reality to that. <laughs> um, no, awesome. Okay, good. Well, uh, Reset is a book. What, one more. Oh, wait. Ah, stupid, stupid, stupid. Zill Without Burnout is another one. Zill Without Burnout. But you know what? The best book, with the, I think maybe even the best book for burnout. I mean, I can see it. It's right behind you there. No, right behind you. Just turn oh. around. Turn around. I can see it right Talking there. Talking about that one. That one, what is that? Is that Greek? <laughs> no, no, this is one, yeah. this is the one. Who wrote that? Who edited that? Oh, that's what is it called? Was... What is it called? Tell them. It's, tell them. It's, uh, it's a guy named Michael Burke. Oh, <laughs> this Burke character sounds fantastic. What is the What is the title of the book? Come on, come on, people. Uh, it's a parallel interlinear of Genesis, and it's it goes through. The book of Genesis, and you can read it in Hebrew, Greek, Latin, and English. Do you find it refreshes your soul and helps you out during time? I do. Burnout? I'm actually, yeah. you're Jake, uh, Jake's side, but actually I, so that what I'm doing in my own times of the Lord at the moment, not this one, sadly, but yeah. this one. Yes. Also written by who? Also or written by Michael Burke. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Excellent. doing the same thing. And I, I find it very helpful. And I don't, yes. I don't feel the need to get through very much of it at a time, but I'll translate a few verses. Yep. Um, and I'll look at it in Greek and in Hebrew and in English and not yet in Latin, but I'm working on it. Mm -hmm, and then, mm -hmm. um, and then and it's the I, you know, I'll go through the, the Be Thou My Vision book and that's my Bible reading part of it. So yeah, uh, yeah, find that, find that very helpful. So Jack's right. side, I do, I do think this is a good resource and doing it in another language does just help you to slow down on it a little bit. Mm. If you're reading it in English, sometimes you're not always paying attention. Mm, sometimes mm. you're just skimming through bits that you otherwise don't think are important. Mm. Um, but when you're doing another language, you're you're forced to slow down a little bit mm. and and to contemplate every word. So so I do actually find that it, you know, and I'm not my Hebrew and my Greek are not great, but I am able to to go through and, and translate it with the help of the English there. Mm. So, yeah. No, it's good. It's good to hear because that's, that's exactly why it. that was written. And you can buy them all right now on Amazon. Thanks for the plug, and I'll pay you later. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, but I mean, you know, find your break glass for emergency kit, have it close at hand, uh, get stuck in, and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we, we can all get by and talk about this in eternity at the end you know <laughs> we can have a nice chat about how we did um all right cool thanks guys appreciate it right take it easy mm -hmm.